0: My name is John Redman from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And wherever you may be and whatever you may be facing, let me just say to you that your situation is not too difficult for God. How many times do we read in the Bible statements like these? For with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible to God. Nothing is too hard for God. And you may be up against something right now and you just think, man, this is just, this mountain's too big and this obstacle is too high and and I just don't see any hope, friend. The exact opposite is true. As long as God is on His throne and as long as you're still breathing, there is always hope. It's never too late for God to do something miraculous in your life, and your situation is not too difficult for God. And so today, as you listen to this sermon, I pray that the Holy Spirit would take the truth of what I preached to our congregation sometime back and just seal it right to your heart And just affirm in your spirit that he is very much in control and he's going to bring you through whatever you might be facing. So listen and enjoy and be blessed. If you are in need of a miracle, if you today are in need of divine intervention physically, emotionally, financially in a relationship, be reminded that it is never too late for God to do something miraculous in your life. Now, you agree with that? Say amen. I want to put this out there. Because when you hear those words, like what I've just said, like when you just hear that statement, it's never too late. Say those words with me. It's never too late. Say it by yourselves. Say it to the person sitting next to you. I want you to hear it as many ways as you can. It's never too late for God to do something miraculous in your life. You know what those words ought to do if you believe that? Now, if you don't believe it, they just end one ear and out the other. But if you believe that, what that should do is give you hope. That's what it should do. And there are a lot of people who are living their lives and they've lost hope. They've lost hope. What is hope? Hope is faith in the future tense. See, hope says tomorrow is going to be better than today. Hope says next year is going to be better than this year. Hope says God is leading me onward and upward, not downward and backward. Hope says my future is going to be good because God is in control of their future. But when a person loses hope... That's when depression can ultimately set in and that's when some bad things can begin to happen in a person's life. And so we have to have hope. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Say that with me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What's that mean? It means if you lose your hope, you're going to get sick. You're going to have all kinds of problems. But if you have hope, you're going to be able to look into the future and say, i got nothing to worry about. God is with me. God is in control. Now, one thing I would caution all of us about when we think about hope. We want to make sure that we have our hope in God, not in a desired outcome. A lot of people read books and hear sermons about hope, and they think, okay, my spouse is sick, and so I'm going to pray and believe and hope that my spouse gets well. Well, certainly you would pray that. Anybody would pray that for someone they love. But let me ask you this. What if your spouse doesn't get well? What if your spouse dies? If the only hope you had was in a desired outcome of your spouse being healed, you're going to be devastated. And there are a lot of people when it comes to hope, they're not putting their hope in God. They're putting their hope in a desired outcome. And if that outcome doesn't happen, they're devastated. Let's take a 13-year-old student, a teenager whose parents are going through a divorce. And the student wants more than anything for their parents to reconcile, for, the, for, that, for there to be no divorce. Well, uh, certainly that he would want that that would be what everybody would be hoping for and praying for but if that student goes to meet with his youth minister or his connection group leader or some friend in the some mentor in the church and says hey my parents are going through a divorce and i don't want this to happen but we i, I can't live like what do we need to do if that student minister says listen we believe God can do anything. We believe God can restore broken relationships. We, bring, we believe God can bring healing. What you need to do is pray and believe and hope that your parents reconcile. Well, certainly that child should pray and believe and hope that their parents reconcile. But if that's where that conversation ends with that student minister... What that student minister has said to that kid is, let's get your hope in a desired outcome that, first of all, is completely out of your control because you've got nothing to do with what they do, may be out of the control of one of the parents because maybe one of them can't even control what happens. What that student minister would say is, listen, we're going to pray, we're going to believe, we're going to hope your parents are actually reconcile, but I want to say to you, That situation is out of your control. You can't make them reconcile. And so what you need is a higher hope than that. And you need to know that whatever happens in that relationship with your parents, God is your father. He will provide for you. He will take care of you. What would that student ministry be? He would be saying, let's have a higher hope than just putting your hope in an outcome that you can't control and that maybe one of your parents can't even control. I think about Paul. And Silas, when they were in that Philippian jail, and they were chained hand and foot, and yet at midnight the Bible says they were singing hymns and praise songs to God. Now, let me ask you a question Where was their hope? Was there hope in the desired outcome of getting out of jail? Well, I'm sure they wanted out. Who wouldn't want out? But their hope, their highest hope was not in getting out of their jail. Their highest hope was that God was with them in their jail. If they were just hoping to get out, they would have sung their songs on the way out the door. But since their hope was in God, they knew God was in that place with them. And so they were able to sing and give praises to God. What I'm saying to you, yes, we need hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, which means if we have hope, it makes us joyful, peaceful, and glad. But if you have your hope in a desired outcome that you can't control, instead of in God who controls everything, you are setting yourself up for disappointment, devastation, discouragement, and depression. And one day, you may even close your Bible and walk out to church and say, I can't, this faith thing didn't work for me. The reason it didn't work, you had your hope in the wrong place. And so how many times do we read in the Bible? Hope in God. Hope thou for in God. I will put my hope in the Lord. Hope, yes. Faith in the future tense. But the reason when I look into my future and say my future is bright, things are good for me, it has zero to do with circumstances. I can't control all the things about my life, about my future, neither can you. But I say this. God is in control of my circumstances, God is in control of my future, God has good plans for me, and whatever comes my way, God is my father, God is my sustainer, God is my healer, God is my strength, and God will take care of me. And if a person has hope in God like that, friend, whatever happens, you're going to be okay. So put your hope in the Lord, and what Gabriel would say to us today, it's never too late for God to do something miraculous in your life. You still with me? Say amen. Say, John, what else might Gabriel say? Say, obviously, we don't have Gabriel preaching today. You're no angel. But what if Gabriel were here today? What if we had a real angel? What if Gabriel left heaven and came to earth and was speaking today at the First Baptist Church in Pasadena? What else might Gabriel say to us today? Gabriel would say to us today, your situation. So you've got to think about your situation. Your situation is not too difficult for God. So many times in life we think, man, what I'm going through, this is just this is serious business. i tell you what, it's not too difficult for God. Now, I want, you, I want to read an, ex, an expanded passage of Scripture. Look with me in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Because six months after Gabriel told Zacharias that he and Elizabeth were going to be the parents of John the Baptist, he left Jerusalem, or he he had been in Jerusalem, I guess he went back to heaven, and now he comes from heaven down to Nazareth, where a young girl named Mary was living, and Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, and I want us just to listen to this account of the conversation between Gabriel and Mary, and then I want us to think in light of that, what might Gabriel say to us? Well, look, now in verse 26, now in the sixth month, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name. What does it say after that? Jesus. Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel... How can this be, since I do not know a man? In other words, she's saying, I'm a virgin. How can I conceive? How can I give birth to a ba- any baby? How can this happen? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, your, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37 is the key verse. Here's what Gabriel said to Mary. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Say that with me. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Think about what just happened. Gabriel goes to Mary and says, Mary, I know you're a virgin. God knows you're a virgin, but here's what's about to happen. You're about to conceive. You're about to give birth to the Savior of the world. Physiologically impossible. Biologically impossible. In other words, Gabriel is saying, God is about to do something in your life that can only be accredited to and attributed to God himself. It's going to be a miracle of the first case. Now, Put that out there where you live. If Gabriel were here today looking at your situation that you say it is hopeless. There's nothing good can come out of this. Not even God can bring a happy ending to what I'm going through. What do you think Gabriel would say? Gabriel would say you think your situation's hard? Listen. God was able to cause a virgin to become pregnant and give birth to the Savior of the world. Think about that. Gabriel would say, your situation, while painful, while difficult, while hard, it's nothing compared to what God has already done. And he would say to us again today, for with God all things are possible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. How many times in the Bible do you read a verse like that or a phrase like that? Nothing is impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. No, it's not. And that's what Gabriel would say to us today. And so, See, this should even get your faith and hope up more to think, you know, this situation I'm in, it's difficult, it's confusing, it's hard, it's painful, it's perplexing. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I know this, it's not too difficult for God. It's not too hard for God. God is able to come through for me, and God is able to do something fantastic in my life. And I I just think that's one of the most amazing things. I'll give you an illustration. This is not serious. This is not like a big deal, but I'll just give you a silly illustration to show that if you pray about something, it doesn't always work out how you wish it would, but many times it does. I got a bill in the mail a few well, some time back, actually now from the water department here in Pasadena, and they said that they had not received my last month's payment, and so now I have to pay the last month's payment, the the month's payment that was due. Plus, I have a late fee, and if I didn't do it, they were going to cut my water off and life would end as I knew it. And, and they said, You got to do something. And so I thought, Now, wait a second. I can remember when I wrote the check for that. I, I'm old school. I write checks, put it in an envelope. I got to get with the times. I know I got to start doing it on the computer, but I still do everything old school. And is there anybody else here that does that too? Okay, too. There are two other people here still doing it that way. But. I said, so I I got my checkbook. I looked it up. City of Pasadena, Water Department, $71.76. I called the Water Department, told them who I was. They got my account up, and I said, now, I know it's my word against yours. I can't prove this, but I promise you, for what it's worth, that I mail this bill in. And she said, I believe you. She said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, we're going to knock off the late fee. Just write us a check for the two months that we don't have not received the payment. She said, you're not going to be out any money because we never got the first check anyway. I said, I understand. And so I did that. I thought, well, no big deal. Well, then uh, I started getting my bank statements every month because I still balance my, my bank statements. And, you know, if you have a check that hasn't cleared the bank, it's an outstanding check. And so you got to go over here in this column if you do it the old way like I do. And you had to, I had to write $71.76 because it's an outstanding check. And I thought, this is kind of annoying. I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. I'm gonna, every time I balance this, i got to put, I mean, 10 years from now, outstanding checks, $71, 76 cents. So I called my bank, talked about the options. They said, well, you can always just stop payment on the check. And they said, uh, that may be what you want to do, $20. And, and I said, "And I, it was, to it was, be honest with you, it was worth $20 to me not to keep writing $71.76. But when she told me that, I just had a feeling. Don't stop payment on that check yet. I just had the feeling. So I said, Well, let me just give it a little time. I said, What are the odds that after this much time has gone by that that check is ever going to show up at the water department? She said, Sir, those odds are so low, I would not be able to give you a number because she said, I just, it's just past, it's just probably not going to happen. I hung up with her and I, I just had a feeling, pray about it. And I said, Lord, you heard what the bank lady said, and the odds of that check ever showing up, I don't know if the mailman accidentally lost it, or the, Water department, they have so many bills coming in, and, and they, I said, but God, you know where that check is, and I'm asking you somehow get that check to the right person at the water department so that this thing could clear the bank. Now that's not a, that's not cancer, that's not a major deal in life. But it's, it was a situation I was in, so I prayed about it. Would you believe last week I went to my mailbox, I got a, a bill from the city of Pasadena, except it wasn't a bill. It say, in fact, it says, this is not a bill. Do not pay. We have received your check for $71.76. You have a credit on your account. $13.07 credit. They owe me money. If I move, they owe me money. Why? Because God Somehow, and I'm not comparing that to the virgin birth, please, okay? I know that's not the virgin birth. But what I'm saying is, whatever our situation is, it's, you say, yeah, John, but how bad if it never would have cleared? Well, you know what? God would have given me grace to write $71.76 for the rest of my time on earth, and I would have been okay with that. So you have to look at your situation, and you have to say, now, you know, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they had a baby when they were too old to have a baby. That's a miracle. Mary became pregnant, and she was a virgin. That's even a bigger miracle. Okay? If that happened to them, the application applies to me. It's never too late for God to do something supernatural in my life. And not only that, Not only that, my situation is not too difficult for God. Now, last night I was home about, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock, finishing this sermon. And I got to the point where I'm at right now. And I thought, God, I'm going to need some way to close this sermon, just to kind of wrap it up. You know, I always think it's helpful if if you listen to a sermon and when it gets over with to know what the sermon was about. I really think that's helpful. Sometimes people they go, what was the sermon about? Well, you know, I don't know. We stood there for 30 minutes. I have no idea. Like the man went to church. I think I told you about the man that went to church one day, lived out in the country. He didn't want to go. His wife was homesick. He thought, finally, I get to not go to church. She said, no, I'm not that sick. You go to church. Reluctantly, he went, sat on the back row, endured the song service, endured the sermon, didn't like anything. He got home, and his wife said, well, what was the sermon about today? He said, I don't know. The preacher never did say. I don't have any idea what he was talking about. So I want to put my sermon today, because I don't want you leaving here saying, well, he talked about Gabriel and... But what was it about? Here is my sermon in four words. Have faith in God. There's your sermon. I was thinking last night about that hymn that many of us grew up singing, Have Faith in God. And the chorus says, Have faith in God, He's on His throne. Have faith in God, He watches o'er His own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I want to read you the first verse of that hymn. It says, and I want you to think about your situation while I read this to you. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Verse 2 Have faith in God. When your prayers are unanswered, your earnest plea He will never forget. Wait on the Lord, trust His word, and be patient. Have faith in God. He'll answer yet. In the first service, I read verses 3 and 4, and then I closed the sermon. I have an updated illustration to give the 11 o'clock crowd that I was unable to give the 9.30 crowd because it hadn't happened yet. About 60% during, through that 9.30 service, I could tell my voice was not as strong as it had been the first 60%. And I knew it wasn't anything serious, but you can tell when it doesn't sound right. And so I went back to the office and I just thought, well, I'm going to rest my voice between services. And I started drinking water. And I, I had taken an antihistamine this morning before. I, you know, the weather, when we change 60 degrees a day, it kind of throws us off a little bit. And so I had taken an antihistamine this morning just to kind of try to clear my head out. And I didn't realize, I should have known this by this point, but an antihistamine can dry your vocal cords out. How? I didn't know that. I don't, but I, I didn't know so I Googled this, uh, just about an hour ago, can an antihistamine dry your vocal cords out? And it said, yes, dummy, it can happen like that. <laughs> and I was telling somebody between services what had happened, and, and they said, oh, John, it won't last long. The antihistamine will soon wear off. They said, how long of an was it a six hour, I said it was a 24 hour. They said, you'll be better tomorrow about this time. <laughs> I said in my office, I was trying to be quiet. I thought, I know I'll be better tomorrow, but I got another service coming up. I drank water. I took a lozenger trying to moisturize my vocal cords. And right before I came out of the study, and I was kind of practicing, talk, you know, just seeing how my voice sounded, if it was going to be strong. And I, To be honest with y'all, I was dreading this service. Now, I know some of y'all were dreading hearing, hearing this sermon, But... <laughs> I was dreading it because I thought, I've got a good sermon. I worked hard on it. And now I don't even have the strength to go out there and say it because I took an antihistamine on my way out the door. How crazy am I? I was walking out the off my office door to come out here. I stayed in there as long as I could. I didn't want to come and start talking to people and lose what voice I had. And it was like God said to me, John, you're fixing to go out there and say to the people, it's never too late for me to do something miraculous in their life. And you're going to say to the people, Your situation is not too difficult for God. It was just like in a very tender way God said, Hey John, before you go out there and preach, why don't you get down on your knees and pray that I would restore your voice for the 11 o'clock service. I got down on my knees and prayed. I said, God, I'm praying for a Christmas miracle. I'm praying I could go out there for 30 minutes and be strong and energetic, and my voice would sound clear. And you know what? I came out here for the first four or five minutes of my sermon. I was thinking more about my voice than I was my sermon. But for the last 25 minutes or so, I'll have to say the glory of God, I've never sounded better in all my life. I'm so thankful for that. What I'm saying is I sound better out here now than I did in my office when I was practicing saying nothing. I sound so good, I want to preach another sermon right now. But I don't think you're listening quite that good, so I better bring it to a close. What's the sermon about today? Four words, have faith in God. He's on his throne and he will take care of you whatever you need in life, amen? I can still remember that Sunday morning so well when between our two morning services, I thought to myself, There's absolutely no way that my voice is going to be strong enough to go out there and preach the second service. That antihistamine that I took has dried me out and uh, made it very difficult to speak. And so I sat in my office. I did drink a lot of water, but mainly I prayed. And I said, God, please give me the vocal strength to go out and preach service number two. And as you heard me in the end of that sermon just tell the story, By the grace of God, I was able to preach the second sermon with more power than I had even in the first one. And it's just, it was a reminder, and a timely reminder on that particular day when I was preaching about the fact that no situation is too difficult for God, I became the illustration for my own sermon. And so what was true for me on that day is true for you today. Whatever you're facing is not too difficult for God. Put it in god's hands trust god with it now that doesn't mean that everything always works out that quickly there was another time in my life years ago i had to have surgery on my vocal cords and i didn't preach for three months and i didn't talk at all for over a month and so back at that time in my life i didn't get my prayer answered quite as quickly but god did eventually heal my vocal cords through a good surgeon through his own healing touch But sometimes our prayers are answered quickly. Sometimes it takes time. That's God's business. The main thing is that we trust Him. I encourage you today, friend, put your hope, put your trust in God, and He will see you through. Visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. We have helpful booklets, resources, sermons, things that will bless you, and a place where you can contact us and let us know where you're listening from. Please do that. Thanks for joining us today.